0: Why is Donald Trump in the news so many times these days? Tune in to find out. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Deep Diving Into The Wise and thank you for tuning in. I'm your host Sarah and this is the 21st episode. So it is almost the end of August and it's going into autumn. Um, it's really starting to feel that way though because it's getting quite cool and finally not sweltering Now I know that my posting schedule has been a little strange because I've posted much more over summer So next time I'm going back to the 15th. So it will just go back to normal schedule from now on as school is starting Another thing to know is thank you for 200 followers on Instagram if you haven't followed me on instagram yet please consider following at deep diving into the Why's because i'll post daily news stories on that instagram and i think it'll be helpful i'm also really happy because my color scheme is now strictly blue so i think the aesthetics of my page is quite nice as well well without further ado let's get right into the episode So before I get into the main part of the episode, I'm going to do the section, so what just happened? Here I mentioned some brief headline news that have occurred in the month, so you don't even have to read the news, you just have to listen to this and get a brief idea of what has been going on. So let's get started. Firstly, the U.S. loosened its COVID protocols a lot, like they are now not Isolating close contacts, which means that they're embracing the idea of living with COVID rather than being very cautious about it. Second, tensions between Russia and Ukraine has been increasing and there were even suspicions of a nuclear power plant attack. We really don't know what is going to happen with this war. Thirdly, in terms of the Conservative Party leadership election in the UK, Liz Truss is actually leading the votes for becoming the leader. Before Sunak was leading the votes, but now it seems like it's possible to have Liz Truss as the next UK Prime Minister. Fourthly, Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan before the midterm elections, probably to leave a legacy. This had a negative effect because China strengthened its military training and patrols around Taiwan's border, which increased tensions. Finally, Liz Cheney lost her primary election in Wyoming, which I'll be touching upon briefly later. Now, without further ado, let's get right into the episode. Now we're going to be talking about the Trump allegations. This was really difficult to research because what happened is really, really complicated. It's not just one allegation. There's a lot of allegations going on at the same time. So today I broke it down into four main allegations, and I'll be explaining each one. The first is the FBI search of the White House records, which is probably the biggest headline news today. And second is the financial affairs allegation. Third is the January 6th hearing, which actually occurred two months ago. And then the fourth one is the Georgia general election interference allegation, which is still occurring. Here we go. So let's talk about the FBI search of White House records, which is probably something that really shook the nation. This is still an unfolding case and it's still super confusing. It is completely possible that the stuff I say right now would become outdated after a week or two because a lot of new information is being released. So Trump had a house and a club at Mar-a-Lago, Florida. However, he had allegations that he was unlawfully keeping some classified documents of the White House, even after leaving his presidency in January 2021. Talking about the timeline, in January 2022, Trump returned 15 boxes of classified documents in Mar-a-Lago after the government threatened to take action. The Government believed that Trump kept even more classified documents, so this led to a large-scale investigation. The warrant of this search was made public, and it cited allegations of the Espionage Act, which is about having classified information that could jeopardize the safety of the country. Also, there is a thing called the Presidential Record Act, which states that presidents have to return all documents at the end of presidency. Ex-President Trump claimed that he declassified all the documents he kept it is very uncertain if this is true the actual search was conducted on august 8th 2022 which is around two three weeks ago this search was something unprecedented and unheard of before no president in the past has been searched or has been thought of as having multiple classified documents According to the National Archives, which is responsible for managing the documents, both classified and unclassified documents of the US White House, they said that over 700 pages of documents were missing from the archives. At the end of this search on August 8, 2022, around 26 boxes were collected from the Mar-a-Lago House. To this search, Trump released a very angry statement on social media called Truth Social, which is a social media that he has constructed after being banned from Twitter. He said that it was not unlawful and that these searches only happen in third world countries. He also named the judge that signed the document who is Judge Reinhardt. After he had named the judge and blamed the judge, Judge Reinhardt received multiple death threats and online hatred. Furthermore, during the actual search, around 50 protesters and vehicles were around Trump's property and shouting and blaring music to protest the search. After this search, an advocacy group registered as a nonprofit social welfare organization called Tea Party Patriots Action, filed a complaint and asked the government to remove Judge Reinhardt who was responsible and was the key actor that signed the warrant. Just recently, the government the Justice Department released a fit of it, which is a written version of straying under the oath to tell the truth. So basically the document that highlights most of the rationale of doing this search and their reasons and their proof that why this search had to be conducted. However, the caveat was that this affidavit was extremely redacted, but there's still some key information that we could take away from this affidavit. First of all, it said that Though 15 boxes of classified documents were retrieved in January from the Mar-a-Lago house, Trump's lawyer informed the Justice Department that there might be even more boxes in the basement that were cl- that had classified documents. Also, the 15 boxes that were retrieved in January contained more than 184 classified documents. So, the Justice Department were worried that even more of these important and secret documents were being kept by trump these classified documents included hcs fisa orcon NOFORN, and si now these just sound like a lot of symbols but basically some of them stand for highly classified no foreign government etc but a lot of critics have said that this affidavit was too heavily redacted, with roughly 20 pages that were crossed out. A lot of analysts argues that this negatively affects the impression of the search because it affects the transparency that the Justice Department is showing and it actually makes it seem like they're hiding facts. Well, we don't really know what will happen after this, in maybe a month or so, there's going to be a large legal battle. We will see. Now on to the second allegation. The second allegation is about the Trump Organization, which Donald Trump owns. The top official and chief finance officer, Mr. Weiselberg of the Trump Organization, pleaded guilty in the New York Supreme Court for a tax fraud scheme for 15 years. In other words, there were roughly $1.7 million that were hidden and evaded from the tax. Additionally, there were more than 15 counts of illegal activity. Initially, Weiselberg pleaded not guilty in 2021 to these allegations. However, he then now said that he is guilty and agreed to testify. Now you might be wondering, well, this isn't really relate to Trump. For now, yes, it doesn't affect Trump. It is only the investigation of the Trump Organization and the chief finance officer of the organization. However, if Weisselberg testifies against Mr. Trump, then that would lead to more, not interesting, but a more legal case Weiselberger will now face five months in jail if he pleads guilty, though I think it will be shorter. His lawyers said it will be around 100 days, and he also agreed to pay back $2 million as punishment. In terms of the actual organization itself, the Trump organization has been involved in tax avoidance with 14 counts of charges, but they deny any allegations and no actions or arrests have been made till now. So this is more of something a little bit of a tangent from Trump himself, but he could still get directly involved in the future if there are more allegations and evidence that proves that he is also guilty. Now, the fourth allegation. This is the January 6th committee hearing. So this hearing itself occurred back in June July The January 6th incident as many people know is when when Trump supporters raided into the into the Congress and it caused a lot of chaos and many injuries. So the January 6th committee hearing is a public hearing about the January 6th riot. It was a bipartisan hearing, so it was decided as a Congress with two republicans crossing sides to support this hearing especially since the gap between the democrat and republican seats is low unless some republicans cross sides bipartisan things don't pass these days and that's why it's called bipartisan because both sides agree okay so the january 6 committee hearing isn't about legality so Whatever happens, they can't pursue criminal charges, but it could make referrals to the Justice Department. However, it is unlikely that the Justice Department will take any action. Instead of trying to make people accountable, it's more about raising awareness about what actually happened in January 6th. The whole aim of the meeting was to show that Trump was involved in the January 6th riot and he influence people to do the riot, which could affect the midterm elections. Though, to my knowledge, it didn't really affect it that much. During the committee, there were a lot of witnesses that testified and they tried to go over evidence about what exactly went down on January 6th. One interesting thing was that Trump contacted one witness before a hearing, which was problematic. Another thing was that it was widely broadcasted in almost all news stations except Fox News. Overall, they finished the hearing, and I don't think Trump is getting arrested, but it was all trying to emphasize and accentuate Trump's involvement in the January 6th riot. Right, now, finally, the Georgia election interference allegation. So this is occurring in the state of Georgia, of course, and Thani T. Willis, who is a Democrat and an Atlanta-area district attorney, is leading the investigation about the interference of the Georgia election in 2020. So in 2020, there was a presidential election, and it was between incumbent President Trump and Biden. It was a really close match, and Georgia was one state that is often a swing state and Trump really wanted the state. This investigation started in February, 2021. So it is a whopping 18 month investigation. some of the points that they're looking at is one, the fact that Trump called the secretary of state, Brad Raffensperger to find 11,780 votes, which will allow him to win the electoral votes of Georgia on January second, twenty 2021. And the fact that he also tried to send fake Georgian electors for the actual election by the electors so he can win. In this investigation, New York Mayor Giuliani testified. Willis also wants Trump to testify, but that is extremely unlikely it'll happen. Also, in his other allegations, he did go to a trial, but he pleaded the fifth the whole way through and only answered his name. So even if Trump does come to the trial, it is very unlikely that he will answer any questions that would lead to a constructive conversation. The grand jury of this election wants to end the investigation by this year, but he also promised that the reports won't be released during the midterm election, so it won't cause a bombshell and really mess up the polling and opinions of the election. You really don't want chaos during the election, so that is probably a good call. You would think that after these allegations and From the very fact that he's not the president anymore, Trump wouldn't really have a lot of effect on the political world. Well, you'll be very wrong. He still has very large grip of the Republican party and politics. You could firstly see this because he has a lot of fans that follow him and even though he created a new social media, Truth Social, people follow him there and listen to him quite seriously. So in this section, I'm going to talk a little about Trump's overreaching influence even after he resigned as a president in 2020. So how he is trying to influence politics is through endorsing many candidates that aligned with this view or candidates that support him. Recently, Liz Cheney, who was one of the most prominent members of the Republican Party, and was involved in the Trump January 6th trial, lost the primary election of the Republican Party in Wyoming. This occurred in August 16th. She only received 29% of the vote, while her rival Harriet Hageman got 66% of the vote. Considering that Cheney used to get around 70% of the vote, this is such a large fall in the support rate. Unsurprisingly, Hageman was Trump endorsed. Also, Wyoming was the state that voted for Trump in the 2020 election with the biggest margin in the presidential election. So, that does make sense why she've lost. As many interviews of Wyoming citizens show, many thought that Cheney was too involved in the January 6th trial to not really care about the state, so she lost. And it's not just Jenny that has lost her election after being involved in against Trump. Four out of ten people who voted against him in the impeachment trial lost their subsequent elections. Now, only two out of ten remain as official, even after voting against him in the impeachment trial the two of them just didn't really get the wrath of trump so they were just lucky but if they were in another state for example because one of them is from california and california does like an all open primary so it doesn't change whether you're democrat or republican you just vote in one primary so trump probably didn't interfere with that the other four Retired from being a politician because they received many death threats and They felt like their lives and their families' lives were in danger So this really shows that Trump really has a lot of power behind the scenes even though he's not a politician because he can endorse the candidates and therefore he was able to successfully get rid of eight people who voted against him and also influence the type of politicians that make up the Congress. So I think he has calculated very carefully about how he can still be part of the political world without being president. The last section is, so in my humble opinion, which is where I just give my two cents at the end. My honest first impression was that it was really complicated to understand what is going on. Researching this episode took a lot of time because I'm not knowledgeable about legal stuff and I was like, what's the fit of it? So it was interesting to look at political issues from a legal side. I don't want to say something too controversial, because I feel like respecting both sides is important, but I do think that he is an unprecedented president for sure, which I bet both sides can agree on. He has done things that is really different from other presidents, and there are a lot more allegations that I haven't even touched upon here. But I do think that taking classified documents is wrong because it is classified for a reason, and if all this information is used by irresponsible and dangerous people, then national security could be in danger. I think there's a really difficult line between transparency and protection. I do agree that sometimes governments can do something that is secretive and not in the interests of the people. I do think that having transparency of the government is crucial for having a trust relationship between the citizen and the government. However, without hiding some information, the world will be in chaos. There is a whole reason why the Espionage Act was created and It is something that's used as an exception to the First Amendment, which is the freedom of speech. You're not supposed to share information that could jeopardize the safety of the country. I don't know what the documents that were taken by Trump contained. I don't think the government or FBI would ever release that, but I think some of the information would have definitely been better kept away from the public so i think it is a really difficult question about managing the government and being honest to the citizens without sharing information that might get in the wrong hands and then affect the safety and well-being of the citizens so that's it for today's episode thank you so much for listening to the end i hope you enjoyed it Today was more of a very controversial political issue, but I hope you found that easy to understand and somewhat interesting. If you liked it, please consider subscribing, listening to my other episodes, or following my Instagram, at deep Diving into the Wise. So, thank you so much, and I hope to see you in another episode. Mm-hmm.